72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Are you ready for it? It's going to be 84 degrees in two days. And for two days, I might add. Saturday and Sunday, what a weekend to get things done. Hey, we got a guest today. It's our monthly visit with the mayor of the city of Athens, Steve Patterson. Lots of things going on. We'll get updated on the city's activities today. Right here on the party line. Presently, it's 58 degrees outside our studios, and um, let's see, they say it may get up to 64 today. All right, Steve Patterson, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, well, Dave. Welcome always. Thank you. Um, let's see here. I, the, I made a long list of little things. See, there's small print today. Um, and then we, we hear, uh, in the last 10 minutes, uh, since you arrived, jotted down some other things too. Um, b- before I get to my list, there's something I've noticed every, every week, I'm sorry, every month when you come by, uh, you talk about this conference and that conference and so on. And uh, for some reason or other, I, I have no reason to understand why. Um, there are uh, meetings and, and you, you, you are just invited to speak at a lot of different engagements of political leaders and things like that. That's got to make you feel good, but why do you think it is so? Well, <laughs> I think a lot of it, Dave, is just all the different um, city, state, and national boards that I sit on. You know, I've, we've talked about this before, that I've been reappointed to the board of directors for the National League of Cities uh, and most recently been um, elected as the vice co-chair, which is a mouthful, um, National League of Cities Race, Equity, and Leadership Council, which is really exciting. And But I'm the president-elect for the International Town Gown Association uh, and, and a multitude of different orgs. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just being involved in those organizations that you get tapped to to come and speak at different events. Um, well, it's a lot of travel, isn't it? Oh, it's a lot of travel. Uh, thankfully, some of it is still virtual, which is great. I've got a, uh, a meeting where I'm on a panel with an individual representing North Carolina this Thursday, um, next week. Mm-hmm. And it is really going to be pretty cool. It's with the It's a conference through the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is a federal commission big deal and the federal epa um on the positive side of the epa it's kind of the the what are the positive things going on out there in the environmental protection agency world uh and i'm on with like i said an individual representing north carolina and i'm going to be speaking a lot to some of the things that we are going to going to be doing with our american rescue plan dollars you know work on the armory uh, the broadband project, fiber project, I should say, in the city of Athens. And that is really intriguing to ARC, uh, the Appalachian Regional Commission. And uh, so that's coming up, you know, Tuesday. I do have an in-person conference that I've been invited to speak to uh, the uh, attendees and it's through the mid-ohio regional planning commission Mm -hmm. up at denison university in granville to talk about town gown relationships um and some of the positive um and you know i on that note just to share with you dave and i've been thinking about this a lot plus putting together a slide deck there are so many positive things in terms of relationship building and continual relationship building between the university and the city you know, you look at things like 
the Stimson Avenue roundabout um, and the new street, which is 1804 way, you know, that was opened up in 2016 and 1804 way. Um, yeah, Dave, it was okay. two, 16, 2017 timeframe, but anyway, 1804 way didn't exist. Um, and that was on university property to where a brand new street that basically became a gateway to the university off of Stimson. And uh, with that, there's an economic development component. You know, we have Athens Molden Machine off of uh, 1804 Way. We have Jackie O's Tap Room, uh, which is the major production center for Jackie O's beer, it now has access off of 1804 Way. So it, it benefits the city, benefits the university, and it benefits our local economy to have something like this. Wait, 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 wait. Are we saying there's a street named 1804 There Way? is a street called 1804 Way. Why? I bet I've traveled it tons and never known that it was called that. Where, where are we talking about that, which um, is just um, along the side of the river? Uh, it is. It's, well, it, 1804 it goes Way. by all you, the dorms and... Well, that's some that's South Green fields. Drive. Oh, that's South Green Drive. Yeah, and then there's Rufus, which okay, is a newer 1804? street, too. 1804 Way, yeah. 1804 Way comes off the southbound leg off of the Stimson Avenue roundabout. You know, there's the the three active legs. There's the bridge crossing the Hawking, and then you enter into the roundabout, and then you keep going straight, and you're on Stimson. If you... So are we talking something that's just two blocks long, basically? Yeah, it's a, uh, approximately two. Okay, or, now I know where we are. Yeah. It's, okay. It's a diagonal road. Yeah. So there's that. There's the Richland Avenue pedestrian passageway, which deconflicted Richland with the pedestrian traffic, by and large student traffic, going between West Green and Baker Center, Grover Center, um, Porter Hall, all in that area. And that was a big success. You know, that was not necessarily an economic development, um, gave, you know, lent itself to economic development, but certainly deconflicted traffic going uptown from the students that were crossing on the, the surface of that roadway, creating that. Um, you know, we're working with the university now to possibly use a portion of their property to put the new fire station headquarters. So so there's a, a lot of great things in my mind that are going on when it comes to um, touch points between the city and the university. And we've had some, some I think, very positive success in that. And so that's some of the things that uh, I enjoy talking with these groups about, as well as other economic development efforts that are going on. You know, you know, Dave, as well as I do, that you're going to have a new neighbor in the not too distant future, just down the street with uh, Marietta Memorial Healthcare System. Yes, of course. And uh, yeah, and that's uh, in talking with the uh, CEO, um, Scott Cantley, um, as to how many jobs that's going to produce. And he said it's going to be initially about 160 full-time employees. Uh, and so that's going to certainly help our local economy when it comes to the fact that the city, our general fund, operates off of the income tax in the city. Well, um Anyway, it's, it's rem okay, so when I first arrived in Athens, and, and even nowadays, the FCC requires us to periodically come up with a list of, of um, um, pro um, community problems that need to be addressed, and they ask, what does your radio station do to, it, to uh, address that? and to maybe uh, make them better. Um, and so one of the very first things when I arrived in town and I was talking around to people, I learned was this town and gown thing you talked about, the relationship. And, and then, of course, realized this is true of any uh, town that hosts a college or a university. You mentioned um, Granville. You know, I had a lot to do with Denison years ago. Did you? And um, the, the, the theater department. And, um, well, anyway, 
it's it, it's it's a, such a unique thing. It's such a, a, a thing that a community a community can and should be proud of to host a university or a college. Um, but it, but it does create some unique problems, you know. Well, there are unique problems, Dave. But you know, at the end of the day, you yeah. know, I'm, and I'm just going to speak for Athens. You know, at the end of the day, stop and think about it for a minute. The university was established in 1804. Yep. We were in an encampment in 1797, yep. uh, incorporated as a village in 1805. So, you know, the the two of us have grown up together, and that's you know, absolutely. So it's I think it, it is immensely a positive. You know, in my mind, I love the fact that that uh, Athens uh, has Ohio University, and I would contend Ohio University is probably glad they have Athens because separately, neither would probably exist. You know, or they would really struggle um, in this day and age. Oh, and they, they both are so helpful to each other. Totally, yeah, and dependent on one another. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll. Um, that's probably something we could bring up every show and work on. Um, I overheard you and Scott talking about a, um, a street that, uh, I guess, or an access place. Um, I'm guessing it's toward the end of West Union that would tie over. Well, we got several veterans buildings down there, but somehow or other tie over into where the ball fields are um, on West State. No, no, West Union. West Union. West Union. To West State. There right. we go. Right. Uh, is, is, now, I've heard that idea float around for years. Yeah. Where do we stand? Well, you know, it's interesting. Scott and I were talking about it. And, you know, if you drive down West Union beyond the, the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, again, heading west, um, you'll see there's a lot of little streets down there. There's Blue Line. There's Blick. Um, there's Herald Drive, uh, all of which basically stop at the former railroad bed that right. still exists, which almost, you know, think about this, too, for a moment, that that railroad bed acts as a levee, you know, when there's high water events. Sure. Um, there is a cut through, which I think we all recognize, and it is down there near the American Legion building and uh, Ohio Means Jobs, and it's the bike path. It, it goes through. Um, we do have a way to armor that if there are high water events to keep water from cutting through. But um, uh, Harold Drive um, is the street that we're talking to, and that's near Larry's Doghouse. Mm-hmm. And Harold is an interesting little street in that it, it too dead ends. It dead ends at the former visiting nurses building at the end. Um, but there's also the potential for business development where Hoon Construction used to be down right, there. Right. Uh, and uh, so the the plan um, initially was we had one design that would have Harold Drive basically connect to West State Street and not disturb at all that, that natural, well, not natural, that man-made levee, the mm-hmm. railroad grade. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't pass council because that required an eminent domain action and so we're redesigning it to where it'll go in near the water treatment plant instead. And uh, we had to get approval from the Ohio Department of Transportation and the Appalachian Regional Commission, ARC, because we got funding from ARC to create this connector. It was about $400,000. And uh, recently, we were given the green light to come up with an alternative route to connect West Union with West State Street. And they also gave us, because of the need now to do a a detailed redesign of where that would go, they've given us until 2023 to complete. Because it would have been a project that would have broke ground this year. Um, but we're, we've they've given us the green light to push it back a year. Um, and so, like I said, uh, we've been under uh, redesign of that project to go through because we know there's a lot of need down there, Dave, in that area. Because, you know, if you think about it, West State Street, it dead ends in West State Street Park. 
Um, we made some major improvements to parking down at the ball fields. Uh, we we paid about uh, we paid a lot of money to have with our annual paving to have more parking enhanced parking down at West State Street ball fields because we knew that there's a lot of activity. Uh, my daughters play Sandlot softball right now. Uh, they played last year as well, and it was last year where I really started looking at the amount of vehicles that were down there, and Dave, by and large, I would say that half of the vehicles that were down there were parking on the grassy areas of one of our city parks, which didn't. I did. I was down there watching my uh, grandson play. <laughs> Dave's outing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's a city park. That would be like people going over to the Southside Park and parking all over the big grassy area just to park. Well, there. I just followed everybody else. <laughs> I know, see. I'm sure you did, but, Dave. Um, anyway. So, so we have created more parking. We have an agreement with um, Ohio Means Jobs on, on West Union, which is right near that bike path cut through that goes into the park so people can park there um you know people have told me well that there's not enough parking well you know i contend that there is you know it's just being smart about when the games are scheduled to play and whatnot because again there is a lot of activity down there which is great i'd say so this that road um the herald drive connector would certainly help uh, with traffic but flow. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be there? great if you could get a little closer to the river? I mean, you know, Harold Avenue, where it cuts through versus uh, what's the normal street we take uh, up there by Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah, you take Schaefer and then jump on I mean, West th- State. That's not a huge distance apart. Oh, uh, it's a ways, Dave. It's the other side of the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds is a huge space. Uh, you're right. You're yeah. right. I th- I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's it. Well, the other thing, Dave, on this same topic is, you know, think about this. We have the garage for Athens Public Transit. Yep. So there's all the buses down there. Mm -hmm. We have the city garage where we have all of our vehicles, not all, but you know the the vehicles associated with Water Street Sewer. They're they're down in that area and others. And their maintenance. It's maintenance. Um, and, uh, and then, again, we have the ability for further economic development on Harold Drive, uh, the road that, that currently exists that goes back to visiting. I nurses. misspoke. It's farther down there than I realized. I just yeah. now pictured it in my head. <laughs> well, listen, let's, let's move on. Um, a favorite topic of mine, and I brought it up a month ago, is potholes. And um, uh, there's a few, but my problem is not so much on city streets. It's on private properties, parking lots, and entrances oh. to stores and things like that. Yeah. How does the city deal with that? It's private property, Dave. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, people can certainly address it with, with um, the city, and we can have code enforcement, you know, put them on notice for their properties um i i would suggest you know i'm a short guy i'm five foot five there's one i think i could stand in and probably no one could see me you know i thought i saw you standing in one the other day dave um i could have swore it was you but uh i swerved um well thank you so um (laughs) what uh i mean how doesn't the city have a responsibility to also bring it up to private landowners? We do, um, if we see them, you know, but our mission isn't to drive around on commercial properties looking for problems in parking lots. And, I, you know, Dave, let's, let's be honest on this one, because okay. I was just down there the other day. Um, I had to run down to Walmart to get something. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, or I've had to go to, uh, you know, China Panda to go pick up carryout. Or I had to go yeah. wherever in that Pizza area. Cottage, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, I, I hear you. I see those, you know, I, whatever the little, the drive is in between Pizza Cottage and whatever the other store is there. Yeah, auto parts. Store. Oh, yeah, Advanced Auto. It's, uh, it's like. Yeah, it's like a minefield, you know. It's, it's and it, that, and we don't mean to pick on just that. No, one. no, no. This is true no. in so many places. Yeah, it's not picking on anybody. Yeah. It's just, it's. I would also suggest that uh, you know, when if people are frustrated, that they reach out to the businesses too and just say, hey, you know, 
Is there something that can be done? Because at the end of the day, it is the company that is managing that whole area. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, sometimes it's owned by one entity and then they lease all these spots. So it's, uh, anyway. Yeah. Get get your places in order out there, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, Dave. You know, clean up week. <laughs> what, 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 what? I'm just going to say, speaking of. Do we have a pothole out here? No. Oh, I no, thought you no, were going to. You're, you're, well, I, I don't know. I didn't look. Um, <laughs> I was I was le- running late to get to the show, so I okay. didn't notice. I'll check it out on the way back, and I'll give you a call. Okay. No, I, I was just driving down here from the city building mm-hmm. and noticed a newer um, business right here on Columbus Road, and it's Mm-mm Hibachi. Um, there's, yes, yes. How cool is that? Uh, completely unaware. And uh, Dave, mark my words, when this four-story hospital, freestanding emergency room hospital is built, yes. you know, I think you guys are all going to see a lot more development down here on Columbus Road. And a lot of it right now, without the hospital, you know, I, I was just sitting there kind of counting, um, or at least mental noting, all of the healthcare facilities on Columbus Road. Yes. You've got Dental Depot, you've got uh, Dental Arts, you've got Athens Advanced Chiropractic, you've got, an, you know, an eye care store up the street. I mean, Physical I can go therapy, on and on and on. On and on. And, uh, yeah. and it's just like... Um, uh, health recovery services so you look at that and you start to think huh you know this columbus road in a lot of ways is is built for that so i, I think you're going to see more i know you're going to see more dave um not that anybody has approached the city saying hey we want to build there too but you're we're going to see more development down in this corridor which stop and think about this we've got East State Street, uh, these are major corridors into the city. East State Street, Stimson Avenue, we've got Richland Avenue, uh, we have Columbus Road. Um, I'm probably missing one or two there, but of course. point being is that, you know, it, your, your gateways into your municipality sets the tone for everything else. That's your first impression. And so I think the more we can continue to improve our city gateways, uh, the 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 more uh, we're going to have a positive effect on people when they come to visit for the very first time. Which back to the it, the opening comments that we had about you know my engagement in a lot of conferences, um, both in the in the state and nationally. Um, one of my the reason I so often say yes to speaking on panels or being a keynote speaker at some of these events is is getting the word out about Athens. Here's the cool things going on in our great city. Because mm. the more people we can bring here, you know, the better. I often speak about the Bailey Trail System, mm. you know, to where we're up to 31 miles of trail now of the 88 in the future. Um, and we're going to build this coming year um, another 30-some-odd, 35 miles of trail, which will get us to well over 60 miles of trail. You know, you're, we're going to start to see tourism really pick up uh and in particular with outdoor recreational sports so uh i'm all for it thanks dave i am too i mean it's just how can we continue to improve the great city that we already are now one thing and i don't mean this to sound like criticism but uh one thing that's going on this week is cleanup week and you know frankly from my point of view, it's not been publicized very well. Um, we didn't, uh, we weren't asked to do anything to uh, push the idea. Uh, I learned about it on the little portable sign outside the fire station. Um, uh, maybe the FINA people put out, um, I'm in the Far East Neighborhood Association, they may have put out a blurb on it. But, you know, once a year, and in the past, there's been far more um, publicity of it. Uh, there's a week where you can set out just about anything that you want to get rid of. Right. And the city will pick it up and and haul it away for you. And um, 
Um, anyway, I don't mean to be critical, but um, maybe we need to schedule one more and publicize it well. I I agree with you, Dave, and I will take full responsibility for that in terms of getting that information out. You know, I I have I do a press conference every Wednesday at two o'clock, give sure. or take. And uh, certainly mentioned it then, and then the city puts it on the city's website. But is that, Dave, is that press conference? Um, is that uh, done electronically? It's done through the the uh, government channel, ten twenty four, channel ten twenty four. So it's uh, Scott Thompson and Ryan Schwartzkopf. They they are the engineers that do it, but. Uh, Notes. I wonder if that's something, Scott, we could uh, at least uh, explore the option of, of airing that live. You know what I mean? Let's just look into Yeah, it. that'd be awesome. But um, it's typically short. We call it the weekly update with the mayor the and Kyle Johansson. All Ky- the better. Kyle, short and sweet. Kyle is awesome. He does the... The, he works at Quidel, uh part time, and he jumps on my show. He he does he does the weather, he does um, local sports, and he does uh, he gives a COVID. on your thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, we co- don't need all that. We just need the update from the city. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, we got sixteen <laughs> sports guys out here. Got but, it. Uh, anyway, I'm 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 messing with you, but well, this is that's Kyle's thing. He yeah. he's an amazing young man. Cool. Uh, so. Anyway, yeah, let's figure that out, Dave. I think let's that would, see if that's an option. Yeah, well, and again, to go back to your your point, well taken, mind you, is that um, not an excuse. I think with things like this year's spring cleanup, people are still being somewhat cautious. You know, the the pandemic is still out there, and and so it's kind of creeping out. You know, last year. Uh, I don't recall that we did much, if anything, and then the year before we did nothing, um, just because 2020 yeah. was everyone oh. was running around with their hair on fire, not right. knowing what to do. Right. So, okay, let's move on. Um, let's see, Arts, Parks, and Rec. We've got the new director. Um, we've got some new board members. It seems like things are getting better there. Would you agree? I, I would agree. Uh, Catherine Ann Jordan is doing an outstanding job. Um, I have yet to meet her. Well, I will continue to. I'd like to have ask her, as for a her guest. to come on your show. Absolutely. And of course, I chaired that effort for years, and so I'm still personally very curious and interested. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, we, you know, we have kind of figured out the locations for the new tennis courts and mm-hmm. pickleball courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's going to be a big effort going on. I have I, a lot of people pushing me to try pickleball. Yeah. Tom Castoris and oh, oh, Tom's big into pickleball, the which LaBelle, is great. Uh, family down there on Avon. I don't know. I I want to try it. <laughs> you should. Okay, you let's should. keep going. So pickleball. Oh yeah, there's a a big push. Um, I believe it's this weekend or coming up soon and it's to uh, get a large group of volunteers together to start doing some prep and repair work on the skate park so mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. going on um and the city does a good job but i tell you what when you have a special interest group of local people willing to help it makes a world of difference doesn't oh it? it does you know many hands yeah. and uh you know the the we're Still moving forward with a new restroom down at West State Street Ballfields. We are also getting uh, moving forward with the dugouts. Oh, wait a minute. They, there were restrooms there before. Oh, they're, they're still there, Dave. So they're, are we talking about a, an additional location we or are. adding on to the one that's there? No, adding a, a second location, okay. which would be more central to where all the, the ball diamonds are. Because right now, when you think about it, you know, the, the restroom facility is basically at the entrance into the park, right across from Dalton Field. Well, all the other fields are further west, um, and uh, that creates some hazards with people walking along I West State Street uh, during busy ball games, and there's still vehicles, you know, going to or from the game. So this will help a lot. It'll be kind of centrally located among some of the ball fields. 
Uh, I can't remember which, what the field names are, but uh, Fenway is one of them. So it's over in that area. And then redoing the dugouts for field one and field two. Another thing that you're going to see, and Catherine Ann has been really busy on this as well, is this summer they're going to do a series of four arts in the parks events. You know, we got to really start to rethink our park recreation spaces, these open green spaces, and having performing arts going on in some of these parks. So um, I believe that there is going to be something down at the community center park area something at the Southside Park. Um, I don't recall where the third one is going to be, but then the last one is going to be August 13th on West Union in between Congress and Court Street, and it's going to be our beloved Athens Arts and Park, or uh, Athens Arts and Music Festival, um, where we close down West Union between those two blocks, Court and Congress, and have a stage set up and We'll have I like it. art vendors and music on the stage, and the art vendors August will set what? up their tents. August 13th. Okay. Yeah. And, and and here's the other cool thing about that is, you know, the DORA, the Designated Outdoor Refreshment Area, will be live um, in the early May and run through August. And so... Oh, so it's not a year-round thing? No, it's not. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Okay. Well, no. I might have made a mistake recently then. That's okay. Okay. But I didn't mean to. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Dora, Dora is kind of a neat thing, folks. Just I'll, I'll do my simple layman's terms. It allows you to carry a drink on Court Street as you're outside walking. Basically, that's it. And, you know, well-behaved, adult action, just moving from one place to another, in a casual, relaxed manner, right? That's it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. That's perfect. You can get a a, a beer or other adult beverage, yeah. and yeah, and or a Coca Cola or, or a Pepsi. A, well, you can do that already, but yes. But I mean, you know. So you can sit out on a park bench on Court Street or wherever, and mm. and enjoy. It. You can Watch actually the world drive by. You can. Uh, the Armory Park is within the Dora, so you could. Run across the street to Baroni's, grab a Dora cup yep. with a beverage in it, and go sit in the park if you want to. Um, so it's no, it's pretty cool. And this year, Dave, um, in uh, uh, former council member Chris Fall, who was your council member back uh, years ago, years ago for several years, many years. Anyway, um, she passed a resolution. Council passed a resolution, and it was basically plastic three by twenty-three is what it was called, and it was basically. For city events, um, we would not use plastic cutlery uh, utensils or cups uh, in during for city events. And Andrew Chickey, the deputy service safety director, was able to find um, a vendor that has thin-walled aluminum cups, which is really pretty cool. Because last year, and you'll see a little bit of it this year too, because they still had some plastic Dora cups left over from last year. And uh, once we get through those plastic cups, you're going to see that they we won't be using plastic cups in the future. Um, the Dora will uh, require that they be these thin-walled aluminum cups, which are great, com you know, recyclable non-plastic obviously um and so no plastic's recyclable well it is recyclable but you know plastic is just one of those things they i know yeah <laughs> well anyway um i'm i'm really curious i haven't seen such as you're talking describing but uh, i want to see one one of those cups i'll bring you one Dave. okay now um <clears throat> let's see here census we're still waiting aren't we <laughs> I, we're not waiting, Dave. Um, what, where we're at right now, and I just had this conversation with uh, our city planner, Paul Logue, yeah. and service safety director, Andy Stone, uh, as well as president of council, Chris Nisley, and council member, Sam Crowell, and thinking, okay, you yeah. know, we really have to make a hard decision We need soon. to be 25,000 one. I hear you. I totally hear you. And why why can't we either 
decide we aren't and then take the steps to become so eventually? Well, here, or, me, <laughs> you know what I mean. Let me interrupt. Um, and I apologize. So there's a... No, I interrupted there's a, you. There's a very expensive process. Okay. Um, you can't just go, we're going to recount ourselves and we're going to show demonstrate that we are 25,001 people. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is you have to request a special census from the U.S. Census Bureau. They will come up with, here's how much it's going to cost for mm-hmm. us to send enumerators and get volunteer enumerators in your city. Um, I was talking with a mayor from a city in North Carolina who did and was successful, but it cost them, out of their general fund, half a million dollars. Whoa. Yeah, whoa is right. Um, and so it's not inconceivable that we push it um, because Paul Logue has identified census blocks, which mm. are the smaller units. Um, you know, there's census tracts, which that are large. That were undercounted, right? Yeah. Well, they were significantly undercounted. You know, uh, a couple areas where we know we have significant multi-unit apartment complexes that typically have 800-plus people living there. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, the census block shows that there was zero. There was nobody there. Well, that that's not fact. So we've got to decide, and we have to do, do it soon, as to whether we're going to request a special census here in the city of Athens. So, All right. Yeah. Now, got, a, uh, got a, a spare an update quarter on million, the, half a million lying around, Dave. On the, uh, yeah, I wish. Um, no, our business has been affected severely by COVID. You know, and when you talk about uh, all the different things that businesses do, uh, one of them is advertise, right? Right. That's our only source of revenue at the radio station is to have businesses or organizations, and they can be public organizations, even the city can advertise and buy advertising promoting different projects. Now, our business has fallen off. Now, 2020 was the worst. 2021, a little bit better. 2022 appears to be recovering still better. But we are not up to what we were in 2019, right? Right. And um, so this is true of many businesses, not just broadcast stations. All right. <clears throat> so uh, COVID. Let's talk about COVID. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that in spite of all the variants and different things that have popped along the, the period of time this has been going on, Athens has done a good job, and we are on the right track. And the governor seems to be doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, I have heard uh, no catastrophic stories about our city personnel or our city itself, our, our, our population. Uh, we fall under the norm of these stats. Um, Now, disagree with me. (laughs) I don't know that I can. Um, I I will share, you know, I think it was the, this is, this is April 14th data. I saw that the city uh, or the county, I should say, was down to 61 active cases. Um, Yeah, they had 12 (laughs) new cases that week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you, Dave. And I I will say this, um, you know, we continue to monitor um, what's called the viral load. Um, That is an indicator in our sewer system um, of any potential spikes or any spikes in COVID-19. And it gives you a five, four to seven day window, an advanced look as to increases in COVID-19. And uh, they were dropping steadily, you know, for for months. And uh, the past couple uh, viral load samples that have come in and, you know, most notably at the wastewater treatment plant, at the head of the plant where it comes in, and then some of the campus residence halls or, or areas, geographical areas on campus, were showing some some slight increases, some increases. Um, 
However, no, I, I think that everyone's doing a great job. Um, I am a strong advocate of the vaccine, Dave. I'm going to say that right now that I have actually received my second booster um, a couple weeks ago at the Athens City County Health Department. Same place for I, us. I encourage people to continue to do that because it's the best thing that we can do. Um, you know, I, I was at the National League of Cities. Um, it's called the Congressional City Conference in Washington, D.C., back in uh, the tail end of March. And the conference still required face coverings when people were in sessions because there was, you know, close to 4,000 people in the Marriott in uh, Washington, D.C. And so, I mean, that's going on. And uh, so, you know, I, I feel like we're slowly getting there. I just, again, strongly encourage people to to be careful when you feel that you need to in whatever setting you're in and get the vaccine. I went right? to hug my daughter the other day. Easter Sunday, and she invited us over for dinner. And she, I could feel her um, withdraw just a bit, you know. And and, and it, everybody, you know, everybody is so different about how they feel about this thing. Yeah. And I I felt badly that I had made her feel uncomfortable, but. Um, on the other hand, I miss my family. Yeah. Um, oh, well. You know, Dave, you know, let me share with you, and this tore me up, and I'm sure this I am not alone in this. In uh, uh, 2021, um, when the kids went back to school, you know, in the fall for in-person classes again, yeah. um, two days later, um, one of my my daughters, one of the twins, um, tested positive for COVID. Right. Uh, and then five days later, the other one tested positive. And, you know, to have to go through the protocol that CDC laid out to where you're in isolation and so on and so forth, and you're masking in your own home all the time, you know, and to not be able to hug my daughters yeah. killed me. Yeah. It was it was the the worst experience of my life. <clears throat> Connie too, and and Connie as well. Um, Connie and I both had the PCR test mm-hmm. uh, when, again, following the CDC guidelines, when we were able to. Now, granted, we were both fully vaxxed. Um, neither of us, uh, we both tested negative, which was great. But uh, yeah, it's David's hard. It's been hard, immensely hard on families. It's been hard, immensely hard just with relationships. When I went to the NLC in March in, of this year. You know, I would ask people that I had not seen, you know, counterparts of mine, mayors that are friends, um, the executive board for the National League of Cities. I'd walk up, say, you know, hugging, no hugging. You know, how are you cool with this? Because, you know, these are people you haven't seen for such yeah. a long time. And most of most everyone said, no, I'm a hugger. Let's hug. And it's like, yay. You know, because human contact, you know, that level of physical contact is so important for us as a species. Uh, and COVID-19 did us no favors. And unfortunately, we we lost so many people uh, and in situations to where their loved ones couldn't even be there to say goodbye because of the protocols. But wow. Let's move on. Um, let's see. Fire Department, News Station 1. They had a public meeting here, um, oh, a week ago maybe. Bob Reimer came in the next day. Uh, he said about 20 or 25 people showed up, and they were very vocal. And uh, they were largely from that neighborhood of, um, what would that be, May Street? Yeah, in the Near East. Uh, yeah, May and, and, uh, and Morris uh, Avenue. If you think of where Sonic Restaurant is, and then there's a roundabout there, on the opposite direction of the roundabout is where this proposed new station one would be. Right. Now. Um, it seems everybody's objection is noise, 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 uh, and, and and very little about anything else. Um, you know, I, if they put it on Grand Park Boulevard, um, I, I would I would know that there's going to be some additional noise. That's where I live, by the way. 
but for the greater good of my community. And if Grand Park made sense in terms of logistical distribution, getting out to all places quickly, um, I'm all for that. It doesn't make any sense, but the place they have in mind does. Yeah. And um, it really reduces response times, Dave, when yeah. you look at it. Yeah. You know, with having Station 2 where it's located, it's not going anywhere, and then relocating station headquarters um, to that particular site, um, it really cuts down response times because every minute matters when it comes to someone's house. Um, you know, if it's if there's a fire in a home, it that fire will move so quickly through your house. Um, mm. So minutes matter. And so having it more centrally located at that site, we've looked at other sites. We looked at out here on Columbus Road. We looked sure. out West Union. We looked at the at the end of Kenny Drive, which is way out on 56. Um, but not, if you want your insurance rates to be the best they can be, you need to sh focus on one thing, and that is response time. Yeah. So the yes. centrally located, able to get out and respond quickly. Um, so you have a little siren once in a while. You know what I mean? It's This is for the good of the city. It is, and it's, it's also for the good of our firefighters who are in a building that has lived its useful life and, uh, you know, is even though we continue to put money into it to repair it, it's it's crumbling. You I know, think and that it, building's going to serve a purpose for the city for years to come. It's just the weight of the equipment. It is the weight of the, the equipment. The fire yeah. equipment stuff, a pumper truck used to weigh 18,000 pounds. Now it's like 48,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have so much more stuff on these trucks than there were just uh, 15, 20 years ago. Right. You know, the other the other thing, I was there that evening at the open house, and the other comment, you know, sound was one thing. The other was taking up green space. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things I hope people recognize is the city has now created 33 new acres, well, acres, actually new, it's always been there, but 33 acres of parklands that are just south of the community center right along the river next to the bike path that uh, OU owns that property, yet there were under a lease agreement, a long-term lease agreement to to beautify and repurpose that space. And we had an individual get in there and remove all the invasives. The standing trees were left alone. Now we have 33 new acres of space that's usable by the public, you know, that you couldn't use before because it was overgrown with it. autumn olive and all kinds of crazy invasives. I'm so. having a little trouble recalling his name, but there was a soccer parent who lives up on uh, uh, Table Lane. Um, and I said to him, you know, I want to build some soccer fields. And we called the, um, the um, flood district office over there by the... Um, anyway, the they gave us permission. Yep. Yep. Okay, and I personally took my tractor down there and we mowed that in and created all those soccer fields back behind, uh, oh... Um, Walmart. Yeah, and and, um, and they're still there and they're still used and they're still wonderful. They are. Yep. And that's how things happen, folks. Yep. You can get an idea and help the city. Now, don't just go off and do it. Coordinate it with them. Yep. But I also, at that time, was uh, chair of the Arts, Parks, and Rec, so I had some coordination factor already. Oh, well. Um, yeah. Well, and to that point, Dave, you know, helping out, you know, just, Dave, I, I do not want you to be the fill for a pothole, knowing that you can stand in, in some <laughs> of these, so that wouldn't bode well. Yeah. And uh, one last thing to share. No, we have it, 15 seconds. Uh, Dave Palmer Fest is coming up this Saturday. Just what? to alert the population. Palmer Fest. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm renaming it Dave Palmer Fest. Palmer yeah. Fest is going to be happening this weekend down on Palmer Street. Uh, this is, you know, the where the high university students all yeah. celebrate it's a great time. and whatnot. So uh, um, just alerting people. You might want to steer clear of Mill Street and that whole area Saturday morning and Saturday. We're out of time. All right. Folks, listen, uh, we'll be back again next month. And anytime you want to know something, call us, okay?
In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Vladimir Putin is ordering his soldiers to stand back to allow hundreds of Ukrainian soldiers and civilians, including women and children, to come out of a steel factory in a besieged eastern port city and surrender. Correspondent Chris Livesay is in Ukraine. The situation in Mariupol is the definition of dire. Trapped inside a steel mill are hundreds of soldiers and civilians, women and children left for dead. And this morning, CBS News understands that some Russian forces have entered the mill that's been their fortress going on two months. Ukraine's foreign ministry says they have almost no food, water, or essential medicine left. The former president of Honduras, Juan Orlando Hernandez, is believed to be on a flight to the U.S. this morning to face allegations of taking bribes from drug traffickers. Correspondent Jeff Pegues is in Washington. In recent years, they have accused Hernandez of funding his political rise with profits from drug traffickers in exchange for protecting their shipments. New unemployment claims inched down last week to their lowest level in more than 50 years. Jobless numbers fell by 2,000 to 184,000. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis moves a step closer to retaliating against Disney for speaking out against his new law limiting lessons on gender identity in public schools. State lawmakers are expected to approve a measure today ending Disney World's special tax district. CBS's Jeff uh, Manuel Bajorquez spoke with co-sponsor Republican Randy Fine. Many people follow time. Here is Randy Fine. Is this retaliation? No, I don't think so. But I think that when you kick the hornet's nest, I think sometimes issues rise up that you weren't aware of. Current districting saves Disney hundreds of millions of dollars. Interim fasting. Researchers say it's not worth the wait. Here's CBS's Stacey Lynn. Many people follow time-restricted diets when they eat only during a certain time period every day. But a new study has found while you may shed some pounds limiting your eating time frame, it doesn't make you lose any more weight than if you eat at any time during the day. Years ago, Dr. David Agus called this a fad diet. Eat real food, two to three meals a day, nothing in between is the healthiest way to do it. If you drive a pickup, there's a recall. This new Ford F-150 has bliss with trailer coverage. The company says more than 650,000 trucks and big SUVs, including expeditions and navigators, may have windshield wipers that can break and reduce visibility, increasing the risk of crash. This is CBS News. Hire with minimal effort and maximum success with Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. You can unlock more cash.